0: Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities.
1: Hello, welcome to Parlor to Plate, a weekly podcast from Everag Insights dedicated to offering listeners enlightening discussion and actionable intelligence about dairy markets. I'm your host, Erica Medke. We're excited to have you join us today. If you like what you hear, please like us, subscribe, and tell a friend or two. First things first, let's time stamp our episode. It is Wednesday, May seventeenth. It's about one o'clock Central Standard Time. A quick rundown of today's CME spot dairy markets: black cheese gained three and a half cents to one fifty-four. Barrel up three quarters of a cent to a one forty-five and a half. Butter also up today, two and a quarter to two Nonfat was unchanged at one sixteen. Whey. We were down a penny to the lowest in quite a while to twenty-eight and three quarter cents. On the grain side of things, it's another down day there. Nearby corn, five sixty-three, down seventeen cents from yesterday. Nearby beans, thirteen forty-two, down twenty-one on the day. And finally, soybean meal at four twenty-six about even. Today we are lucky to have another all-star cast from the Everag team, introducing Zach Bowers, broker agent. Kevin Peterson, also a broker agent, and Shelby Myers, Director of Grain Market Intelligence. So to start off the show today, we like to ask our panelists, what's the buzz? What's going on in their world? So Zach, how about you? What's going on in the producer side of things?
2: Yeah, so right about now, April milk checks are starting to roll in, and uh, they're not looking too pretty, right? Hearing reports in the $12, $13, $14 range that mixed with where their feed costs are at, margins are very, very tight. And the way that the spot market has been trading here, doesn't look like they're gonna get any better anytime soon. Now we've seen that spill over into dairy cow slaughter, right? So dairy cow slaughter for the last four weeks has been running about three and a half percent higher, averaging 60,400 head. That versus where we're seeing beef prices at, you know, almost back towards record highs. I would continue to uh, believe that we see those cow slaughter numbers run at high levels. Hopefully that can help clean up some of this excess milk, get on the backside of this flush,
3: tighten things up, and maybe we can find a bottom in here pretty soon.
1: Kevin, how about you? What's the buzz in the commercial space?
3: You know, it's been a pretty boring couple weeks, I'd say. You know, you look at uh, the butter market, it's been in a rainbound trade really the whole year so far since January, really only about a 15 cent spread and it's high and low. Uh, non fat, the same thing since the beginning of the year, about 10 cents. Waze had, you know, maybe 15, 20 cent move so far this year. You know, really the focus has been on cheese. We're seeing lows we haven't seen on spot in about almost two years since the back to flush of 2021. You know, however, those futures are kind of the talk around right now and just really maintaining a a really big premium in Class Three and cheese throughout the rest of the year. So obviously, you know, the whole market kind of thinking we're bottomed here, kind of waiting for spot to turn around. You know, it just really hasn't happened yet. But but the uh, premium remains in those futures.
1: Shelby, after reading off the grain pricing... Sounds like there's been some excitement. What's the buzz in the grain space? This morning, the grain markets woke
0: up to some pretty bearish breaking news. Uh, Russia did confirm that they have come to terms with Ukraine and that Turkey and UN have brokered a deal between the two countries to finalize an extension of the Black Sea Grain Initiative for the next two months. So that would officially make the Black Sea Grain Initiative a full one-year deal. And that has sent what was already bearish markets post the Friday May WASDI report spiraling down further, uh, even breaking $5 this morning. And so the other news on that were was the bearish May reports, we had old crop come in with higher ending stocks on both corn and soybeans, we had corn exports lowered by 75 million bushels, which increased ending stocks there. And old crop soybean ending stocks were increased due to a slight increase in soybean imports. And then the new crop outlook on the May WASD for corn was bearish with an abundant supply outlook and also a pretty optimistic demand outlook uh, with ending stocks coming out to be well over 2 billion bushels at 2.2 billion bushels and an average farm price estimated to be $4.80 per bushel. Soybeans, I call that a bearish outlook with an abundant supply, but not as optimistic of a demand. I think there's a little bit of price inflation built into the 2021 price because if you look at the forecast for the 23 crop balance sheet on soybeans, it nearly matches the 21, but the price difference is well over a dollar lower for this upcoming crop year. So, some interesting developments to watch for. Those two balance sheets, soy ending stocks for the new marketing year are projected to be 335 million bushels for 2324.
1: Well, Shelby, I think that leads us really well into the center of the plate because I think there's been a lot of volatility, a lot of movement in prices lately. If you are either a commercial or a producer or hedger, you, you got to redo your numbers. So as we think of ahead, I, I kind of want to focus our outlook today more on the back half of 23 and even into the beginning of 24 and, and kind of get your sense, guys and gals, where we're going from here, what folks need to be taking a look at.
2: Yeah, I think what's actually been really awesome about what the back half is doing, you know, they're banging on it a little bit today, down 20, 25 cents, but you're still looking at a $2 premium to, you know, where June Class 3 futures are at and, almost a 3 $4 premium to where this current cash price is at. You mix that with what Shelby was just talking about grains have been doing. Um, and all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, a Q4 into Q1, Q2 of next year price that you're able to protect the floor, you know, whether it's via DRP or, you know, using futures or options that might actually make sense for the bottom line of your dairy. Right. Um, and really, you know, kind of the thing I've been walking through is whether you're bullish or bearish from where we're at right now in spot. You know, even if you're bullish, I don't think you're going to really see that much of a rally out of Q4 and Q1 and Q2 of next year just because it's already such a premium. So even if we do tack on some, you know, a dollar or two here in the nearbys, you're probably not going to get much movement there either. So take advantage of it. And if you're bearish, obviously take advantage of it. So that's why I I kind of like what we're seeing in the curve here and, and making sure guys are taking a look at it and looking at it that way rather than I think we're going to get a rally here just because we took spot down to, you know, two year lows. Well, that doesn't mean the back half's going to rally with it, right?
3: Yeah, and that's a uh, you know a great point for the farmers. You know, on the flip side from the commercial side of things, it's it's really tough back there. You know, you have a lot of end users, uh, people that need to get coverage on, and it's really really tough. You know, know if you're looking at a forty six cent premium to where current cash is. So you know, obviously you need to get something on back there to de risk a little bit. But you know, we're saying really stick to options, maybe some three ways. But you know, we're definitely not advising to go out there and buy flat with that huge premium. You know, looking into q one, really, most of the dairy complex is pricing in about the seventy five percentile of the last five to ten year averages. so again we're we're definitely pushing more option structures to get some long coverage back there, but not really willing to buy flat out there yet.
0: I think Zach and Kevin really outlay what the current outlook is talking about, and that we do have such bearish outlooks on the grain side that lead into these opportunities. For later in the year and early into next year.
1: So Shelby, sure. Let's lay out that scenario in a little bit more. Like, hey, we have a bumper crop here in the U.S. Ukraine is able to export. Like, this is, for some, the best case, for some, the worst case in the dairy complex. So... How likely is that? Is that what people are thinking right now that we're going to have a great crop?
0: Well, that's still to be determined. And I think, you know, planting progress is certainly speaking to that in some areas, you know, we're running at such a higher, faster than usual pace for planting progress. And we haven't had too many weather shocks that would indicate that maybe planting early was a bad idea. For a lot of people, it's actually been a good idea. And then you also have some areas like North Dakota and some of those northern states into Minnesota, Wisconsin, that that fully intend to plant a crop but haven't been able to get into the fields as early as some of these more Midwest, Corn Belt, Southern states. And so they've still got a couple weeks before their crop insurance deadlines for planting occur that these next two weeks are going to be really crucial for that crop to be in. Now, we're only talking anywhere from three to seven to nine million acres, depending on uh, the the cross-state outlook that you bring into that analysis, but still a significant portion of what we're projected to grow. And that would be on the corn and soybean side. Some of the other factors that could really kind of tinker with this outlook, if you will, Is whether after it's in the ground. We need rain, you need pretty sun, you need that gorgeous summer to really do what it does. And so, you know, maybe you have all three of us back in July and we reassess whether the corn is knee high or not and, and really decide what that outlook is right now. USDA tends to start May off with the best case scenario and then we tinker lower from there or we tinker higher if, you know, circumstances are around that. But right now we start bearish and we've got to move to bullish on grains with a lot of moving pieces.
1: So on that note, Shelby, let's wrap this up and let me ask what you're doing for clients right now. What's the strategies you recommend?
0: I first of all, especially waking up to the news this morning and the way the markets reacted is no grain grower, no purchaser should panic. We've got a lot of things in place to help manage risk, and that's why risk management exists. And so for me personally, it's laying out for our grain marketing advisors, all the information that they need to work with their producers to make sure that their grain is in a good spot for some of these market changes that are happening in such a short, quick period of time. And then also looking long-term that risks are accommodated for what any changes in the growing season and even this early planting season could look like moving on down our supply chain, you know, working with any of our dairy producers and livestock producers to take advantage of the opportunities that this market's creating. And, you know, our teams are working hard to make sure that this is the break that they've been waiting for and, and making sure that they're in a position to utilize the market break that we've got.
1: Now, Zach, you're working with the producers on a regular basis. How is that playing out in, in your advice and recommendations?
2: Yeah, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier as well. And and really, I think producers need to be taking a look at where these feed prices are at, how it fits into their budget, rerunning their numbers for costs and projections into you know Q4 and into 2024 when their feed prices kind of get a little bit of a reset off this new crop price. Um, and then taking a look at where these futures are at and, and seeing this $2 curve and, and taking advantage of it while they can.
1: And Kevin, how about you on the commercial side? This is certainly a challenging waters to navigate.
3: Yeah, you know, the only big tough one right now is that class three and cheese price. I mean, you look at like a 246 spot butter, that curve is uh, really actually discounted. So besides, you know, taking a look at the really pricing on the 75 percentile there in the backs, you still might want to use options. But, you know, even futures wise, just with where current spot is, isn't too bad. non fats kind of the same thing, really just seeing the typical cost of carry back in that curve. You know, again, as I touched on before, it really gets tricky when you look at class three and cheese because you're really having to go out and look at a $4 or, you know, 46 cent in, in cheese words premium in there. So it gets really challenging to try to manage that. You know, obviously, if you're able to book spot right now, we we'll definitely recommend that versus um, going out and buying those futures. You know, but obviously, if you have to get coverage, uh, we would suggest utilizing options instead of fixed price. Again, just given that that huge premium we continue to see.
1: Well, a big thank you today to Zach, Kevin, and Shelby for joining me. Great contributions to the buzz and the center of the plate. Really appreciate you all being here and sharing your insights. Thank you, as always, to our media team, Paige Driscoll, for mixing and mastering. And thank you to the listeners for joining us today. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite app. And just as a note, the Insights team is launching our new website portal today, So check us out at insights.ever.ag. There you can find the latest in a series of updates to our market intelligence platform. You'll be able to find a vast array of our publications, this show, other headlines. So even if you're not a subscriber today, you can click on a link and sign up for a free trial. So if you'd like to learn more about how we help people manage risk, go ahead and contact us on our new portal, insights.ever.ag or email us at insights at ever.a.